Welcome to the DL Gaming Podcast. I'm Bobby. I'm Nick. I'm Amanda. I'm Emilio. And I've been constantly full for about three days. <laughs> Diddy. It, it's, a, it's a constant uh, feeling and then emptying. Feeling, then emptying. The emptying part's fun. <laughs> <laughs> and way cheaper than the feeling. That's right. That's yeah. right. Wow. Way cheaper. I feel like a pretty, pretty princess because like... Uh, John's bought all my meals mostly not because he's like let me pie everything it's because he's always thinking about the next meal and then he's already on his phone he was looking up lunch today at dinner last night yep that's true that yep. is true it so, was such a good dinner last night too. yeah uh, mm-hmm. that was our second umakase of yep. the of the weekend uh, Did you say umakase like Uma Thurman it's umakase umakase I'm teaching oh. him slowly Nick come on bear with it's me. okay I've been saying it wrong like a dickhead this whole weekend, dude. To Can the I people? have one umakase? They just give you an um, Uma Thurman with sushi on it. Don't correct me at the fucking podcast. Correct me at the restaurant when I'm telling the guy. Oh, Jesus. Oh, jeez. I'll take it. Umakase. <laughs> well, joining us today is uh, JP Diddy in the studio. One of our longtime community Legends. members here visiting us in San Diego. Uh, let's face it. He's an ambassador at this point. And then we bring we bring it up all uh, his name all the time. I bring it up like every episode because he's the only person I game with. He will stay up super late, or I will get up super early. And sometimes the stars align once, twice a month. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we'll get two hours in. Well, it's great to be here, guys. Appreciate you having me on. Diddy eventually will become like a correspondent. Like (laughs) we'll go to like live events, and it's like this is Penny Arcade Expo and. And wherever the fuck Diddy's at, and Diddy's like, I'm here, Emilio. I'm really fucked up, but I'm here. <laughs> It'll be like a extreme weather, but it's just pixels hitting him. He's like, ah. <laughs> these games are getting Everyone's out of control. All right, we should probably mention that for the next two weeks, we aren't going to have enough people to do this show. So we've banked some episodes. They're going to be interviews with each of the cast members, and we're going to release two every week. Very so. Cool. Yeah, no video games, but uh, get to know us. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's going to be about an about an hour and twenty minutes, an hour and thirty minutes long for each interview episodes. So uh, my interview is episodes. not that long. Yeah, <laughs> no, yeah. what I'm saying it's like two forty minute, two forty five minute episodes. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Well, they're going to be released separately, two a day, and each one. Yeah, is about forty minutes, and um, yeah, it'll be interesting. I'll have to check the numbers on these ones. <laughs> See who got the most hits. <laughs> Popularity <laughs> contest. Did they reshoot? Because the first one I heard was 15 minutes. I guess they reshot. Yeah, that was next. I think I think oh, they redid that. Yeah. Okay. It's a practice run. Okay. Cool. All right. Well, let's talk about some video games on the radar, games that have come to our attention this week. Who wants to kick it off? Um, I'll do it with Nick's, uh, the Capcom Fighting Collection. I clicked on that, dude, and I was like, this is not worth this money. Not even close. No, I didn't think not so. even close. Yeah. Ten, like, Game Boy games? Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm not kidding. They're not oh, are they? Like, Darkstalkers is a Game Boy game. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was at the arcade, man. This is part for the course with Capcom. They tend to uh, overcharge, in my opinion. Yeah. They, they um, It also has, like, two Puzzle Fighter games in it as well. Yeah. Which is, like, the ones where you match, like, gems and bubble bubble kind of thing. Right. But it's not worth $39, dude. dude. What are you talking about, man? It's ten games. Two of them are puzzle games. Uh Two of them, or three of them, are Dark Starker games, and the rest are just random Capcom games. Not even like fighting uh, games. There's not one of these games that I'm like nostalgic about. You know? No, no, not at so, all. So yeah, they're they're nuts, man. I can't I can't follow them on this one. 
This is one thing that's kind of like a warning for on the radar. Usually we talk about things on the radar because they, they look cool or they, they seem cool to us. This is like a warning. Like, stay away until this is like $11. Or cheaper, even. <laughs> well, I, oh, that's the best one on there. Street Fighter S- uh, Super, uh, I think it's Hyper. Super Hyper Fighting. Um, no. Street Fighter 2. Yeah, Hyper Street hyper. Fighter 2. That's, uh, that's the one where they sped everything up. Um and everything just yeah moves frame faster. rates actually are faster yeah <laughs> not to be confused with the turbo edition right which is different are the million other Street Fighter editions <laughs> that were out there yeah Street Fighter two I think has so, about seven editions or something like that I got to bring this up because uh, it's been a while since so I brought it up uh, at the local arcade they started uh like not just one arcade but this was a thing that was going around there was like a mod for Street Fighter two. That somebody had made like a chip and people were putting it in their cabinets and, and like everywhere and so and they would just fuck the game up in, in good ways this, it was like super fun glitches so like if you did a dragon punch with right you'd turn into blanca and bite a few frames and then go back to the punch then bite then punch or you could um with zangief you could jump up in helicopter and jump up, Larry, it's called, keep doing it over and over. And let's say you went through the screen four times upwards, and then you grab somebody in a 360, you would travel four times down before you landed, and it would kill them instantly. That's pretty cool. All kinds of stuff. Sonic Booms, oh, you could fill the screen with Sonic Booms. It was weird, man. It was weird. There's a little mini documentary <laughs> on YouTube about like how it all happened. It's really interesting. But the weirdness is the how it got disseminated. Like, who? I guess the the game cabinet rental company or the service guy i guess the service guys were like yeah let's do that why would they i don't i gotta watch that little documentary i'll get back to you i mean we got a man on the street john can you can you do some research on that <laughs> yeah, yeah i'll get right on that <laughs> uh, all right so another overpriced capcom bu- bundle what else we yeah. got uh, Marvel Spider-Man remastered is coming to PC. When John, do you remember? August, just July, on, July, July. Yeah, August so and July. Very soon. Um, and this game's been out for like August four years. I think we were thinking. I, I don't know for sure, but I've always wanted to play this. Um, it was one of those runaway PlayStation Four hits. It was this and The Last of Us and God mm-hmm. of War. Those were like the top three, I think. Um, as far as like critically and, and fan acclaimed, and you know, we never got our hands on it. I'm not going to rush to get it. This is like a buy on sale. I'm really trying to go back to the whole, uh, lab monkey rule of I'm only going to buy this. I'm going to play this right now. Um, which I actually did, uh, this week. Um, uh, but yeah, it's, I'm glad of course that all these games are coming over from PlayStation. Just fucking stoked. Uh, and it's like, it seems to be only the good ones, you know, only the yeah. top, top ones are worth them paying whatever it costs to port, but they're porting them correctly and it's all working out. Yeah. Yeah. This is a fantastic game. I played all the way through it on, on PS five. What is, if you know, either one of you guys, uh, the miles Morales, is that an entire separate game? Is it a DLC? It, it's a separate game, but it's a condensed one. It's shorter. Okay. I want to say Sp- it also blend into the main game. Kind I of think well? so. Yeah. Cause there's, yeah. there's call outs in the Spider-Man remastered to miles Morales. Hmm. Yeah. Cool. Yep. Uh, days. Nice. Yeah. Uh, so 
I put a hypercharge on mine. I think we've discussed it a little bit before. Like, Amelia, you played it a little bit. Uh, I watched the gameplay for quite a bit of this and kind of put it on the radar because it seems like it has the potential to be uh, really great and fun. It's a four-player co-op, a... Um, like first third person shooter where there's just waves of toys that you're fighting. So it's kind of like a toy story shooter game that you can play with your friends and fight stuff. And I mean, it, it was cute. There were like little details that I loved about it. Like when you destroyed like a, a toy, like pieces would fall and they you know, like, and they would just kind of fall apart. Like as if you really were destroying an actual toy, uh, which was awesome, but it kind of seems like it's, I mean, obviously with it just being a like wave shooter, it's going to be the same thing over and over again. But right now they have the demo so you can play it yourself. There's like a PVE campaign and it hmm. seems like there are some really cool and fun things to uh, check out and explore with this game. So I don't know. I put it on my radar and I'm kind of curious as to playing it myself. I think there was like, some story element or whatever. Uh, it was like in the demo or something. And I played it and it was just like more wave survival in, with some That's story right. in it. Yeah. Mm. Um, so John and I played this. We, I'm, the looks of it, I mean, it's cool. It looks like Toy Story. Yeah. And you're playing as little soldiers, um, very much akin to that movie. What's that movie? Small soldiers, tiny soldiers, small soldiers, uh, small, small soldiers. soldiers yeah. yeah. Um, the great thing about this is like usually I, I don't, I, do not care about custom ability or modifying your guy, but this you're actually swapping out arms and heads and you know, like yep. little action Tiny. figures and uh, yeah, you can make yourself look pretty sweet, but you got to unlock all that stuff. Um, but uh, yeah, unfortunately it was, it's what is it? Form over function. Um, there's just not a ton of game there. I wanted it to work. I wanted it to work pretty bad. I don't know if there it's, really evolved since the last time we, we bought it. I don't know. Do you think it was in early access? I think it was. It? So that, that was one of our, our gripes, right? I think it had some immaturity in it. It looked yeah. cool, but there just wasn't a ton to do and there was not a real motivation to keep playing it, but like it didn't have bosses or any of that stuff. So they've obviously put a lot of time into it. Yeah. So it could be interesting to revisit. Yeah, for, for sure. sure. Yeah. yeah. It came out in, August, or April 27, 2020 uh, and it's like $16 now but like I said there is a demo out there so yeah if you played it in the beginning of the early access I definitely would love to hear your opinion on how it's changed now yeah in these uh, pictures I'm seeing things good. I never, we yeah, never exactly. saw mm -hmm. dinosaurs uh, garage yeah never saw Bosses, kitchen yep. yeah on you there's a I saw that there's some like characters that you can get to customize where they look like Ryu or like Goku and some I other did stuff. see Goku or just a second ago yeah so did yeah. you guys ever play any of those half-life levels where they had like miniaturized like layouts like this and you yeah i played a lot of those yeah those were so fun the custom maps yeah Not for half-life oh well, yeah, they're multiplayer me, maps yeah yeah, yeah. yeah yeah for me it was team fortress classic same you concept know, same yep. yeah uh cool all right so christian oh christian is that's me john dake yeah, so um, I've been playing the crap out of Elden Ring. I've taken a mild break from it. Nick, you'd appreciate this. I'm at Altus Plateau, and I'm like 50 or 60 hours in. I, I literally oh, yeah. just go to a new section, and I map out all the bosses online, and then that's what I start to, to power through, assuming I like my build. But um, at any rate, you guys have talked about this before, but Let Me Solo Her is is a, a player that plays online and basically helps people fight Melina. And he comes in uh, via a summon, 
And he's done it now, I think 2000 times is what the article says. But long yes. story short is Bandai Namco, you know, just appreciated everything that he's done um, and sent him like a legit sword and a, like a care package. It's super awesome. So that that package that they sent him, I believe, is the original press kit um, from Elden Ring when they showed the game off in Japan. Oh, really? Yeah. And I think there's only 400 of them in, in existence. I know it's a super small amount because there's there's a guy that does like professional unboxings of those things. He talked about how it costs like seven grand. Damn. In case yeah. you're wondering, Nick, that's what I want for my birthday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll get the DLG community to find. Oh, I need to get back to you on uh, that message you sent me to uh, Nick. Uh, but yeah, how cool is that, dude? Yeah. Like, they didn't need to do it. No. He, he probably didn't fucking, uh, he wasn't trying to ask for anything. No. Yeah. I mean, all he does is come in and help people fight Milena, which is an optional boss. It, Nick, is it the hardest boss in Elden Ring? A lot of people argue that he, he she's either the hardest boss or or Malekith, but it's either way, de- it's, it's debatable. There, right? It all depends on how yeah. you play and what, what, like, yep. what kind of class you are. Um, but her, the funniest part about him is that he fights in his underwear exactly. with a pot on his head. Yeah. Yeah. So no armor, so, hardest boss, no two katanas. Yep. And his name is let me solar her. Yeah. He just wants to fight her one on one for <laughs> other people and help him beat the boss. Basically. Apparently, there's a new one, like a like a copycat kind of guy, and his name is Let Me Finger Her, <laughs> and he has oh a giant. God. So there's a weapon in the game that's a giant finger oh, on a yeah, bone. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and uh, he just hits her once and then just gives up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a bunch of them. I was following something on Facebook and like that. Let me solo her's page or whatever, and he says there's a lot of copycats. And like, let me date her and let yeah. me finger her, and that's great. Let me die to her and stuff like that. It's it's pretty funny. Well, it doesn't really help too because when you um when you join like a like a when you do summons, it increases the boss's health pool by a certain amount, mm-hmm. and it's almost double. And when you get three, it's a little bit less than triple. Shit. But like, so if you're getting one of those like fake ones, you're like fuck. Fuck yeah, you're totally fucked. You yeah. can't. Somebody came in, diddled her for you, and that's, <laughs> that's pissed right. off. And yeah. uh, what's also funny too is like people go to like comic cons and stuff, and then they dress up as the let me solo her guy. So it's literally a dude in underwear with a pot on his head <laughs> walking around with fake swords. It's Are there funny. any witches in Elden Ring? Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that leads us right into Witchbrook. Right? Absolutely. (laughs) I know. I love that. Nice. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, yeah. Speaking of witches, uh, Witchbrook is a game that I put on my radar that reminded me kind of of like a Harvest Moon mixed with like Harry Potter, but witches more in the witch Hmm. way that you would imagine of like the pagan kind of stuff. But yeah, it's like a spell called a spellbinding social RPG. So you become a new resident witch and so you can make friends master spells and it just like i said it reminds me very much of like a harvest moon the graphics look a little bit more like an updated version of like harvest moon but yes like it looks beautiful yeah and it just this looks like such a cute and like cool game and i love that you can just fly around town on a broom and shit and that's hilarious like it's but yeah so it it seems like i said it kind of reminded me of harry potter meets uh harvest moon and so i'm intrigued it is and they put on their release date that it's still 
brewing, so we don't have a release date yet. Um, but I'm excited for this game. Like, this could be really cool, especially if it comes out on Switch. This would definitely be a game that oh, I would nice. love to get on Switch. But if not, I mean, it would be cool. Or the Steam Deck. This would be a great Steam Deck game as well. So hopefully it's uh, compatible. And it was made by uh, the developer Chucklefish. And they seem to have other games like Starbound and Wargrove, but I'm not too familiar with those games personally. But yeah, it seems like they it seems like they have quite some positive ratings in most of those oh, games. So cool. um that's promising. Starbound was a really popular game. I remember playing yeah. actually a lot of that. And uh Chucklefish has this splash screen at the beginning of their games that just um very it, it was really creepy. It was it was a chuckling fish. And it sounded very human-like, and it always used Ooh. to freak me out every time I'd load up the game and I'd hear that. It sounded like someone was just ch- like someone was in my house chuckling in my ear. It was really creepy. But yeah, Starbound had a good time with this game. That looks really cool. Yeah, yeah, nice. And Warconius cool. is saying that Wargroove is a really good game too. So yeah, that seems very promising. Yeah, and they—I think they were the publisher for. Um, were they the publisher for Stardew Valley? I want to say they were. But yeah, they they've got a good track record. Mm. Let me see if that's oh, correct. Oh, that'd be pretty amazing if they did Stardew Valley. Makes sense. I know that. Um, well, the developer for Stardew Valley was just a one man show. But, yeah, but the yeah. publisher. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if people talk about. It's gonna be a weird game to publish. That? Like, imagine being like an investor, and you're Concerned like, ape. It's, they're just one of you, and then he's de- describing the game to you, and you're like, oh. I well, I don't know about that. Stardew Valley was developed and published by the same dude. Yeah, so but what, pure solo. It, well, uh, not really. What what happened eventually is that he couldn't do all the the work on his own, so he ended up handing it over to a, a development team, and I think that was Chucklefish, and they they're responsible for a lot of the uh, multiplayer and later patches mm-hmm. and stuff, hard stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. after he it, already, it just yeah. became you know the game became so big that just one person couldn't couldn't yeah. do it, but yeah, he did quite a bit of it you know what not only did he do a good job on the game initially but he did a good job of uh pivoting when it exploded Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like getting chucklefish making the right decision they ain't fuck it fuck up anything they started uh with multiplayer early access if i remember right you know yeah well his his story was so fascinating because like there's a book out there that's blood sweat and pixels and they interview and like talk to him and like hear that you get to hear the whole story of it and yeah as far as like i remember it being like he lived very frugally in seattle and like lived with his girlfriend and his girlfriend kind of took on the brunt of all the bills and everything while he developed this game stardew valley and then like released it but then you're right after it exploded yeah like i didn't remember. Yeah. so he must have okay like, yeah. so he's he's got it in this letter here about okay so they handled the business and marketing side as well as contracting the localizations console and mobile ports okay but i thought i I thought they did i know he had some help when it came to the multiplayer stuff so maybe somebody else i think he did have help with multiplayer but yeah he really did build release and publish that game all by himself like i think he said i think it was like two Oh, because it, it wasn't that crazy long. I can't remember if it was two or five. I think it was five years. That you know what's funny, about. though? If it was a flop, nobody would be like, that was impressive. The same amount of work, right. if it was a flop, nobody would be like, oh, my God, he did it on his own. But because it was gigantic, right. you know. He, yeah. 
Well, right it, place, it's, right time. It's not time. like it just blew up too. Like you could see the work that was put into. Oh, for it. sure. Like a lot yeah, of these yeah. games that are just a single developer, they look like shit because they just didn't put that much work into it. Yeah. Now he put so much yeah. work into it too, and then it was cool because apparently once he got incredibly rich, like he still kept his. I remember them talking about in the book how like he was still driving around this busted ass like two thousand one Honda, Pretty and like he couldn't even open up the passenger door. Like it doesn't work, and so like he's still doing that even with millions in the bank. Like he was still living that way and like that's what i meant with like the frugal thing too because yeah i know that they talked a lot about how he would just kind of live on the couch like couch surf and stuff like that essentially uh, while developing the game that's the same thing with um uh chad worked at sony and one of the testers that was testing he might have moved up by then but one of the testers stopped coming to work he was always late just all this stuff and uh they had to let him go because he just wasn't dependable and yeah, same thing, taking out loans, all this stuff. And cause he had a movie project. Everybody's got a movie project and it was paranormal activity. Uh, he, that's the guy oh. who worked there. Wow. Boom. Gigantic dude. Like crazy wow. rags to riches. Uh, Bobby, I wanted to bring this up when we brought up the Ninja Turtles. I did. I don't think I did. Have you heard of why, uh, Splinter gave all the turtles their weapons that they have? I read this and I was like blown away. No, but I feel like that was in a movie or one of the episodes oh, maybe, or something. Maybe they know. Yeah. So uh, I wanted to bring it up because I was like, oh, I don't know why. Maybe Mila. I'm going to blame Mila. She threw me off my game. We're never <laughs> going to have her on again. Oh, so Raphael is the most hot-headed and violent of the uh, turtles as he wields size, the traditional defensive weapon used for peacekeeping and disarming. Uh, this teaches him patience and dip- discipline. My, uh, discipline. Michelangelo is the most scatterbrained and playful of the turtles. He wields nunchucks, uh, a weapon infamous for its complexity and ease for injuring the user. This teaches him focus and, uh, not to take combat lightly. Donatello is the most intelligent and tech savvy of the turtles. He weighs, wields a bow, a simple wooden, wooden staff. This teaches him creativity and making do with what he has. Leonardo is the most ethical and heroic of the turtles. He wields the katanas, the only bladed weapon of the four, and the most lethal by default. This is to teach him that ultimately, despite his ideals, he may have be forced to take life to protect the people. He must uh, never fight battles needlessly. Hmm. Wow. Cool. I thought it was pretty dope yeah. when I read that. That's wow. pretty good. Yeah. It would have been way better when we were talking about turtles and not Witchbrook, <laughs> but all right. Well, that's okay. Yeah. You like transitioned into talking about Witchbrook and they got mad that we're talking about Witchbrook. What the fuck? All right. You're like, is there witches in the game? <laughs> There's a witch. No, I'm mad at myself for bringing that up during a Witchbrook. Just oh, an episode too late. Okay. That's okay. Well, okay. Well, Call moving back. on yep. from games that are on our radar, we're heading into games on our highlights that we did play. So, you know. So, that. so, so that's a thing. <laughs> so that's a thing. And also a thing is uh, a plank experience. What is that, Amelia? The Richie's plank experience? Richie's plank experience. So um, I, I've talked about it before on, on uh, the podcast that like um, I like the VR as a party trick. Because a lot of people have never experienced VR or they've done it as... Um, you know, somebody's phone with cardboard or something like that, you know, like, Oh yeah, yeah. I've tried that. And I was like, 
No, come over here and try this $3,000 experience because it's a little different than what you've experienced uh, generally. So I love it. Like uh, Sam's friend came over and I asked uh, John, I was like, dude, what's the, what's your go-to like, um, show people VR. Yeah. The, yeah. Yeah. The party trick, you know? And he said, it's Richie's plank experience. And this is a $15 game. That's not a game. It's an experience. Just like it's in the title. And, um, you know, you go up in, you go up 80 stories and you walk a plank and you, uh, get to fall off that plank or whatever, if you choose to, or you can go back in the elevator. And, um, the the clever, cleverest part of this is you can get a plank, which I had a plank, uh, and model in the exact size of that plank, and it'll be in the game and in those dimensions. So I, as a seasoned, semi-seasoned VR player, I was like, no way this is going to scare me because, like, you know, no, I know it's yeah. not real and all this stuff. I've had my moments where I thought, you know, I've fallen over and stuff, that kind of stuff. I thought I was beyond this. I'm stepping on this plank and I am fucking scared. Like fucking scared. <laughs> Tur- toes curled scared. Like it was rough. And, uh, you know, jumping off wasn't as scary as the initial stepping on the plank and, you know, putting myself in danger for no reason. That, that it was tough. And then, you know, there's like some fun stuff that you could do. You could fly around and there's some, like some secrets in the game. And I, I won't talk too much about that, but you, you can scare the fuck out of people, not just the plank and the heights and stuff, but there's some other stuff that it's like creepy and stuff. And, uh, yeah, I, uh, I enjoyed it quite a bit. Totally worth the 15 bucks. Um, I was looking at the reviews. I think it's like 80%. I, I'm sure that it's like people complaining that it's not a game or whatever the fuck. Right. Because it's just an yeah. experience. Yeah, it's just an experience. Yeah. It looks uh, worth it for the flying around alone, dude. Yeah, it's a super small city. Uh, but yeah, but other than that, yeah, it's cool. Yeah, I took I took this game uh, and my VR setup for like a, a team building exercise into work, and we had people come in and walk the plank, and I had a real plank, and I had a fan off to the side that would hit them just as they walked onto the plank, and we legit had people that just like fell. Yeah, like they just crashed. Like one girl dislocated, not dislocated, but like hurt her finger and stuff like that. So I'm like having to have me and another person walk side by side with somebody as they're walking a plank one inch off the ground just to make sure they don't fall. Is it team building or team uh, deconstruction, dude? The people are falling apart I, playing. I, I think once you get hurt with people, you're yeah. just a lot right, closer. Right, right. I bled yeah. with those. <laughs> yeah. So it was more like a trust fall, right? If yeah. you fall off this plank, I'm going to catch you. So uh, Sam's friend came over and she's never done vr and how scared was she dude yeah uh, she was t- she wouldn't go out on the plane she, w- she wouldn't, wouldn't move leave, out of the elevator she wouldn't leave the elevator <laughs> and i try to push her you know what she was like an asshole you know to push you in the pool kind of guy didn't move an inch no she was not moving fucking <laughs> sturdy yeah, lady sturdy yeah do you see this on here where you could be Santa yeah, delivering presents to yeah, people on Christmas? Yeah, they had a Christmas thing. What the? Did. Yep, that was pretty Oh, cool. my God. That's amazing. Wow, that's cool. Like how you just throw them at Christmas trees. Right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. So, anyway, that great party trick. Yeah. Great party trick on top of a great party trick. Yeah, it, it's a must-have. If you have VR, you've got to have this. Uh, and you need the plank. plank. That's where they get you. Yeah, that is. The plank. The game is $15. The plank... Yeah, with wood prices these days, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, 75 bucks. 75 bucks. But that's if you really want the Richie's Plank experience. That's what you have to get, right? You got to go full, 
full stop, you know? How, uh, how narrow can this plank be? I wonder if you can get like a tightrope situation going here. You, you, you can set it up with the controllers. That's the super cool thing. Like you set them on the ends and on the width and it'll measure it. And then in VR, you manipulate it. So literally I'm like putting the VR headset down, touching with my foot, picking it up to look that I'm, you know, it matches exactly where it is oh, in, cool. in the real world with the virtual world. And yeah, you can make it super narrow, super wide, all kinds of stuff. Hmm. It's pretty cool. Pretty accurate. Nice. That's neat. Something that's not accurate and probably not an experience any of us would want to experience is a man eater. What's that about, Bobby? Man eater. That is a game about a shark that eats people. <laughs> so, <laughs> Can't say I would want to experience that. <laughs> yeah. Well, you play as the shark. Oh, little, okay. Yeah. 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 Oh, now you're talking there my language. Go. All right. Yeah. This came out uh, a little over a year ago. From uh, Tripwire Interactive, they're the uh, developer that makes Killing Floor Two, yeah. a game that I that I love. Um, so I, I've had my eye on this for a very long time, and it came out on Epic. They gave it away for free on Epic a um, couple months ago. So I've been meaning to get around and play it, and uh, finally got a chance to this week. It's a good game. It, it gets a little repetitive. You're a shark that runs around. You eat people. You grow bigger and stronger. Um, you get more abilities. There's a talent tree, but it, it gets a little repetitive. Uh, what's really cool about this game is how they, they frame this. So in the game, Maneater is kind of like a deadliest catch type TV show, reality TV oh. show centered around this um, Cajun uh, sea captain who hunts sharks. And it's, it's very comical and over the top, obviously. And, um, you play, uh, you play the nemesis, the shark <laughs> and the narrator of this fake documentary series is Chris Parnell, a former SNL cast member. You all probably know him as Jerry from Rick and Morty. Mm. And it, it's yes. just, you know, there's lots of laughs in there and it, it's pretty funny and you, you can swim around, munch on people, crash boats, flop up on the land and become a land shark and just flop after somebody and just eat them on the beach and flop back into the water before you run out of uh, oxygen or water, I should say. So yeah, I mean, there's some good times in here, but um, yeah, it, it is being a single player campaign. The gameplay itself gets a, a, a tad repetitive. Uh, it takes place in a, a, I like the setting too. It takes place in it starts out in the Louisiana Bayou and then goes into the Gulf of Mexico, but it's it's um, it, it's pretty good. Hopefully, you grabbed it while it was on uh, free on Epic. Uh, if not, they do they still do have it on Steam, so you can pick it up for let's see thirty nine ninety nine or whenever it's on sale. Just based on the pictures, Bobby, uh, where you where it lost me or like what I didn't like was these like super sharks. It looks like you have, like, you know, armor. Yeah, you get mutagens, and they give you special powers. Yeah, you upgrade. Yeah, you yeah. upgrade. So, yeah, it gets a little ridiculous, but it's fun. <laughs> but scary. Uh, yeah. Sharks are so scary on their own. You know, you don't have to do much more. You're going to make them extra scary. They are. Yeah. Yeah, I, and the way it starts out, so in the opening scene, um, uh, this uh, Cajun sea captain, he, cuts o he catches and cuts open this bull shark, and then he finds out it's pregnant, so he cuts open its stomach, pulls out the... Um, the baby and he's like, all right, I'm going to mark you. So I know who you are. So oh. he gives him like a cut across the eye and then the shark bites his arm off and hops into the water and swims away. And then you become that baby right, shark. Right, so there's like cool. this, there's now like you this got rivalry. Me. I'm back in baby. <laughs> <laughs> so there's this rivalry built. And then all the other cutscenes afterwards are just like this, this stupid of uh, 
documentary series like Deadliest Catch style about this guy hunting the shark and like you got to go around, you got to eat turtles and like the alligators are trying to eat you, but then you become bigger and stronger and you can take on bigger enemies. It's it's almost like an open world type yeah. thing. But yeah, yeah, it's it's cool, man. I, I enjoyed it. It was a good time. Bobby says he doesn't like story games, proceeds to play a story <laughs> yeah. game about a shark, loves it. Well, this one gets it, dude. This is like, this is ridiculous. You know, we're just going to have a good time here. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, if you're going to waste my time with some stupid stories, let's make it really stupid. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I Great. picked this up on uh, PlayStation. On PlayStation Plus, it was free some... Some weekend, some month, and I picked it up, and yeah, same same vibes. Like it's kind of repetitive, but it's super fun. The kids loved it, uh, of course. <laughs> you know, jumping around with a shark eating people. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's it's super a good time. Yeah. For, for I mean, it's pretty time. funny how you can just flop up on land and you flop like a fish out of water, yeah, yeah. but then you just like grab somebody in your teeth and just mm-hmm. drag them back in the water. <laughs> you can jump up on boats. Yeah, it's it's pretty crazy. How's the soundtrack for that? Are they playing like Nelly Furtado's Man Eater? While that's going on, or you see, it's funny you would go there because I'd think Hall and Oates, man, <laughs> <laughs> uh, generational gap here. <laughs> Either way, they should be playing both of them, right? It's <laughs> yep. enough content. I mean, you just sing it yourself, you know. Whoa, whoa here true. I come. Yeah. <laughs> you provide the soundtrack here. That's fair enough. All right, what what else did you guys play? We played a lot, so you know, John's been here. We have been uh, gaming. So I was thinking we were just going to couch co-op and stuff. And good thing we didn't go that route because, like, you could pretty much couch co-op remotely now. And it's almost like a better experience because each person has their their, setup, their yeah. own setup. Yeah. Um, so John brought his Steam Deck. And uh, you take it, John. Yeah. Yeah. Deck. So um, I got the notification from Valve uh, about a, my Steam Deck being available on Friday, not this past Friday, the Friday before. And I was like, oh shit, there's no way that that's going to arrive in time for me to have it for my trip to San Diego. But sure shit, got the notification on Friday, ended up uh, paying, you know, paying for it and getting it shipped. And even with the 4th of July weekend, I got it on freaking Tuesday. So then Tuesday night, Wednesday night, before I flew out Thursday, I'm like loading it up with games and getting all the things I need. And so much so I, that you didn't bring underwear. Like, no, you, I didn't you, pack anything. You were else. so focused on downloading enough games. Day four, same yeah. clothes, everything. <laughs> uh, but I did bring I a toothbrush. Since. I brush my teeth every day. I saw Emilio brush his teeth once. I'm just saying. I mean, how often? Do you but he see did it. it. <laughs> but he did it's, it. It's like yeah, God. Yeah. You just have to it's have progress. faith. That it happens, have faith. <laughs> but um, but yeah. So a couple other things. I brought with two um, was uh, a keyboard, a small portable keyboard and a mouse and asked Emilio if he'd have a spare monitor for me. So one of the the really cool things uh, I'm going to gush a little bit, guys. So bear with me. Um, it has been, it's That's my line. Yeah, I know. I, yeah, we say the same things, um, but it has been, it's, it's basically a, a gaming computer. I mean, that's really what it is. So on the, on the flights out, I did have a power at my seat plugged it in and I was playing the new final fantasy seven remake for the trip out. And it was great. It was like playing, you know, PS five level, triple a games on a handheld. It was amazing. And that sink in everybody. PS five. Yes. In your hands. In your hands. Yeah, it's it's amazing. And then with it plugged in, no battery life. Uh, battery life wasn't an issue. On the second leg of the trip, uh, again, playing a mixture of games, including Final Fantasy for the most part, and it 
I was over two hours and it was down to like 17, 18%. So my biggest gripe is a realistic one in that, yeah, you're getting PS five quality in a handheld, but, uh, the battery life, you know, don't expect it to last eight hours or anything like that. It's, it's going to be, you know, two, three hours, that type of stuff. But with the keyboard and mouse setup and the spare monitor, like we legit set it up right next to Emilio. There's pictures in our discord, uh, of the setup and it's, I mean, we were just, we had a land going, we had, yeah, without a second tower. Yeah. Yeah. And all I brought was a little baby keyboard and mouse and yeah, the steam deck, it worked awesome. Like I'm, I'm thoroughly gushing on its ability to work in both desktop mode as basically a PC with a Linux environment, as well as just using it in handheld or or big big picture mode in steam. It's fantastic. Every time I would walk into the area, it wasn't a steam deck sitting there. There was a computer sitting there. With on the desktop with, you know, with what you would see if there was a tower there. So he had his icons, you know, the whole thing, you know, a regular PC gaming desktop. And I'm not talking about that because that's so hard to emulate, but it operated exactly like one. So he sat down and he fucking down. It was like he had a little tiny version of what I have. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It was amazing. It was pretty great. Uh, There was a couple of issues, but a couple Google searches and we got, yeah, and we got that. fixed. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's little corner cases yet, but yeah, not a big deal at all. For sure. And, awesome. um, yeah. Uh, the, the only thing it really chugged on was Baldur's Gate three. Yeah. Baldur's Gate three was a little challenging. Yeah. The, it completely opened the thing wide up when we plugged in the, basically the USB C breakout that enabled the HDMI and USBs. I mean, it literally was a PC. So anything that the steam controls didn't make sense for you had a keyboard and mouse for, yeah. oh, and it amazing. worked just like it was yeah, running on a PC. PC because you put it in desktop mode and it becomes, yep. that's what it yeah, becomes. It's exactly what it did is. you need a special USB C breakout cable or did you just buy some random one? Uh, I bought an anchor. Well, I had, I brought one with me, but it only had like one USB and a lower quality HDMI, okay. and, but anchor sells one that also has a power input so that you can keep. Yeah. Yeah. I got like a few of those for my Mac. So I'm yep. just wondering if those are compatible or I'm sure it probably okay. is. Yeah. It's nothing special. Yeah, and plugged in keyboard, mouse, his PS, uh, PS5, DualSense, like everything recognizes, works, launches. I mean, yeah, it's it's amazing. It's an amazing piece of hardware. It sounds awesome, man. That it really sounds like it's worth the price. Yeah, like if you if you enjoy PC gaming or just gaming in general, like that's your fucking thing. I mean, price is always relative, but if you think about what you're getting for the price, it's a fucking steal. Right? Yeah, because you're it's paying you know what four four hundred to six hundred dollars and my entire steam library is immediately available how much was your gaming pc well except for monster train apparently yeah that's right yeah we already talked about that monster train works on switch although for whatever it, reason doesn't work on deck it would work under these circumstances you could play it in desktop mode yeah you totally could yeah. be fine oh, okay. oh, wow. yeah huh. yep okay. i bet it would I wonder yep. why that is yeah i don't know because well yeah because the inputs change uh depending on which mode you launch the game in which is one of oh. our problems when we're playing portal 2 uh was the first pro- and then we john smartly was like let's try another first person shooter to see that this is the problem because uh you know it would sh- look up and spin like a tornado yeah. and it wasn't the oh. mouse sensitivity it wasn't any of that so we went into drg drg was acting odd yep so we're like okay it's definitely a steam thing i did a little google search guys like just launch the game in desktop mode yep and it's going to expect it to be key and mouse and keyboard 
Done. Yeah. Flawless. Yep. Flawless. No issue. Yeah. yeah DRG ran fine. Every, <laughs> we're even like looking, I'm like l- looking over to Emilio's side eye and I'm like, dude, this looks pretty good on a, on a monitor, like yeah. a 24 inch mm-hmm. monitor. Yeah. I'm like this looks pretty good. And I looked at it and I was like, it looks pretty fucking good. <laughs> yeah. Cause it was, the, we know the DRG hub area so well. Yeah. Yeah. That like, yeah, we would know if something was off and it was <laughs> nothing was off. Yeah. This screw wasn't there before. That's yeah. right. Well, and Bobby, kind of to your question, you know, some things in the compatibility, right? So we're going to nerd out for just a second, right? It's running Linux, and then it has that Proton distribution that essentially adapts things for Windows to make some of the games run, it, and it just doesn't work on everything is, mm. is kind oh, of the okay. issue, right? The, the And the last thing, I guess, is um, you really appreciated the, the turn-off startup. Uh, ability where any, oh yeah you don't have to save you don't have to do anything you I, just literally turn the thing it's like off. a save state yeah type thing. Yeah, yeah i thought for okay. sure it wasn't going to keep my place in the game if i hit the sleep button and came back to it later like like a switch or a playstation 5 was but absolutely it's right there i was like oh my god that's amazing yeah. awesome yeah so your pickup uh shut down get into the game time is minimal yeah yep turn the thing on you're right there yep yeah so a rave review. Uh, what did you think of Final Fantasy VII just in general? Um, I mean, well, it got it got the DLG bump, so I had to pick it up. Right. Uh, and and th- this is how good it is, right? So I already have it for, for PlayStation 5. Yeah. I played the demo. Then I got the full version because I was like, this is really good. This is really fun. And then I got distracted by who knows what at the time, probably Elden Ring or something else. And, yeah, play, getting time on a plane to actually sit down and play it for once. Yeah, it's a fantastic game. I played the original 7, and, yeah, it's it's gorgeous. It played super well. Yeah, it's it's great. Nice, man. I'm really, I'm really glad that somebody is finding that game, like, really enjoyable. Like, somebody I know. Because I, I played it, and I'm like, I, I want to go back to it, but I think I just need to get past the first act. Yeah, I, I love it too, man. I think it's fucking fantastic. Well, and I'm like Emilio, of course. I don't like JRPG type yeah. games, and and like, yeah, I always dug Final Fantasies, yeah. and this one's hmm. great. It's super good. Tifa might have a little bit to do with it. She might. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and then one of the things we got to do seamlessly with the Steam Deck is play Demio all together. Finally, I got to play. I am playing VR because I don't want to be a dick and be like, I'm in this giant awesomeness and you have to play on that. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> we both played. So there's two versions. Do you have to, you have to download both of them, right? Well, if, so you have both. if you have VR and you want to also be able to play the PC edition, you do have to download both. They're essentially two separate games that are included in a bundle, regardless of which one that you buy. If you want to just really be on the safe side by Demio then like just the regular one if you have VR otherwise I mean because like I said they, the way that they did it is they first released this game as VR only then they came out and made a PC edition of it but instead of charging people for a second game they just included it in with the bundle of the first one right but it is technically and based on code and steam like it is technically two separate games I see you what you're saying download. to be safe you buy the regular one mm-hmm. just in case you ever get VR Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. And then you you get the other one automatically. Yep. Yeah. It's a part totally of a bundle, sense. and it yeah. also comes with the soundtrack too. But all right, whatever. Yeah, it's kind of strange how they do it. They, it is a yeah. bundle, and you can only buy the bundle, and it doesn't really make that very clear. I think. Well, I guess it on the Steam page it has has it there under Add to Cart, and so it includes Demio, the soundtrack, and the PC edition. So you get those three things in this bundle, and that's really your only option. 
Yeah, Bobby, but, uh, there's um, no way around this one. You're going to have to pick this one up, dude. Yeah, probably. <laughs> It's yeah. really, really good. I mean, um, as long as I don't have to role play, that's really... No, no you don't have to role play. Okay. I've been playing with so many different people because, yeah, like last week I was up in Canada for a wedding, uh, for Christian's wedding, and it was really beautiful and awesome. I'm not going to get too much into it because I don't want to get emotional about it, but it was really sweet and beautiful. But anyway, um, <laughs> uh, I didn't have much time to game, so I but I played a shitload of Demio with different people, including with uh, Diddy and Emilio And we were the best. Out of all of them, right? No, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, you yeah, guys were brand no. new, so is there? But I think for brand new, it was good, and it's cool because the last time that I played Demio, there was not this Curse of the Serpent Lord, which is the fourth book, and it takes place in like a deserty. It reminds me of like the Mummy, the movies, the Mummy. Um, and there's a lot of like hidden shit in the sand, and like different ways to play. I played with Jew for Use community, and we got all the way to the very end of the boss, which was hard as fuck and there was like four of us that were all pretty good at playing the game and it was just it was very difficult which is good and there's a new uh a new character that you could play which is the warlock this gorgeous woman that's got like a massive i don't know like links i guess of a cat that yeah. fights Ooh. on her behalf but yeah I, I never saw that character or played that character until i played with you emilio and jp diddy and uh, you played that character and so what was that character like playing her I generally, I generally go for pet classes, um, and uh, the ranger didn't get a pet, right? Ranger doesn't have a pet. So the ranger has a card where you can summon Varushka, which is like a wolf. Uh, they'll fight for you, but you're not yeah. guaranteed it. Like it, it's, it's just one of those special cards, kind of like the bard having a regen uh, card, like that kind of thing. But with the warlock, like it is a part of your mechanic. Like you will always have that cat. Yeah, if she's it just dies, always there. Yeah, she's there. But then, um, if she dies, I think she responds in like three turns or something. Mm. Um, so there is a penalty to her dying, but for the most part, she always comes back. So you like you always have her. Yeah, it's a big part of the mechanic. There's a lot of D and D and here obviously um she's a warlock what warlocks do is do eldritch blast she has her own version of eldritch blast which you know i have two of the same uh cantrips so it's like it's supposed to be really good and i used it 70 percent of the time 75 percent of the time and i was super satisfied with that character but um let's get into uh i guess you know um the what it was originally and what it's become or what most i i gotta imagine most people are gonna play it on the pc edition i gotta imagine that right i've been really finding quite a split um it i think it really just depends on whether you're in the mood for it or not these games take a while these are multi-hour kind of a game uh you know you start up with uh, one book and it will take you probably like an at least like an hour to maybe a few hours um yeah. to get through it so it kind of i think i've noticed that there are some people like i got a buddy that only plays this game in vr like he doesn't even he doesn't even download the pc dish he doesn't care to he only wants to play it in vr i'm really on the mix about it to me i'm kind of like if i just started playing video games and i'm feeling good i'm not feeling sick or a headache or like you know, I mean, I don't really drink anymore. So, but if I were to be hungover, like I would not be playing the VR edition. But right. if I want to have like a really cool, immersive, fun experience, then that's great. And I will say, if you can get four people together to all play VR, this is so much fun. That's what VR. I was just going to say. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. 
So you can tell when you're playing the four PC. Friends. I can only tell from you know from what I've played, which is PC version. But obviously, this game is built for VR. You can tell, and um, I think that had some side effects. So the way you play it in VR is kind of like chess pieces. You pick up your little dude and you knock it into what you want to attack. Sounds super <laughs> simple, and it, in a way, it is. Uh, but funny enough, you can kind of we fucked up and we missed a few times. That's right. Yeah. You know, it in a tile board that has, let's say, in, within your circle of influence, twenty tiles. Uh, you know, the enemy occupies one of those, and if you just happen to just slip a little bit, yeah, you're gonna attack that empty tile. So you got to actually be kind of. Uh, kind of on top of it, but everybody makes mistakes, and it's part of the whole thing. Like nobody's perfect, and you could also roll a skull, which is a miss. Which everybody's like, wah wah wah. <laughs> it brings the whole room down and stuff, and uh, just like a crit, everybody's like, yeah, fuck yeah, that's awesome. Um, but yeah, I think this being a VR game originally made the PC version a better game. Um, cause it is so easy to pick up, probably difficult to master, but you, that's what you want. That's, that's the classic line that everybody talks about, like easy to pick up, difficult to master. Right. And I think that's where we're at right here. I think the only reason John and I got through what we did, uh, which was the first book was because Amanda was there and yeah, she, she coached us, yeah. she coached us and she played the bard like to the extreme. Well, I, there was no time where I wasn't. Like buffed up felt in some buffed. way, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, um, if you're not buffing your friends, was, they're not really your friends, right? Or you you're go. not a good friend, right? Got to buff. I'm em, surprised buff you, them up. you guys didn't let let uh, Days play the new character. Like she's played all the other ones. Why not just? She let didn't her even play? want to. No, she, before I, we even launched, she's like, "I'm the bard." Yeah, well, because you guys were brand new, <laughs> like, and it's so much better to, I, I definitely think that this is a game where it's going to be the greatest for you to learn if you do have a friend that's familiar with the game and yeah. they play the bard, like, because the bard is so important, but is definitely one of the more boring classes to play. So I would never want somebody brand new to try out the bard because it's just like every, you get two action points per turn and every turn one action point will be dedicated to keeping in mind a rotation of who's been buffed where they're at how many they have left so like it is a lot of strategy but in way more of a healer supporter role which is not as much fun especially if you're the kind of person that wants to be a tank go in get in the action fight kill things stuff like that um but the bard is incredibly important and some people they they do gravitate towards that but i think as a general average it's a lot easier to understand this game if you go in much more on the aggressive stance than the defensive stance and the bard is all defense i was all dps that's all i was doing yeah things and john was tank tank. yeah Mm -hmm. and but i also felt like same thing uh you only get two action points and one of yours was almost always dedicated to armoring up yep yeah uh not me both of mine were killing every time (laughs) it was fun super fun but yeah uh, we wouldn't have got anywhere if we were three dps i don't think no no I mean, hopefully you can, if if you play this game, you can find somebody that um, does really love playing this game and likes to play with a lot of people and has played a lot. Because I feel like anybody that has played this game a lot is going to be able to recognize out of their friends, like the way that their friends are going to want to play and think of a way to complement that. So that way it works, you know? 
Because, yeah. yeah, if I would have picked, like, the wizard, then we all would have been fucked. Yeah. Like, yeah. Nick Should would it? just be a narrator. He'd be like, <laughs> you come into a dark dungeon. As that would be kind of fun, I got though. props for my be cool. yesterday's yeah. game of D&D for my narration and descriptions, but... I, what I was going to ask is because I play so much for the king, um, would this be a ga- good game to play? She hasn't played for the king. I haven't, I haven't played, played for the king. There's yeah. actually no crossover. I don't know, dude. It's a completely different game. If this is a dungeon crawler. I guess that is too. It's different. It's different. There's no rogue like that. You you either make it or you don't, and that's it. You're either going to wipe TPK, whole everybody's dead, or you're going to make it. Um, we went down like fucking like it. It was awesome. It, it couldn't have played out better. Yeah. Um, John did a charge through the boss, through an explosive barrel. That Days through. Yeah, Days through. It killed Days, mm-hmm. but that was part of the collateral. collateral sorry. Uh, collateral, collateral damage. Collateral. Yeah. I can't say it. <laughs> collateral. You're collateral like a, you're damage. Like a Scottish guy trying to say burglary. It's all right. Or, or then, Mikasa. Yeah, it's all right. Yeah. Killed the boss. <laughs> and it's one of those things, too. It's like Independence Day. You take, you kill the boss, you win. Mm-hmm. And, uh, only on that, only on the, the, the book boss. And, uh, yeah, he goes in there, gets behind her, fucking hammers her from her asshole, wins. Jays is dead. But we all we, yeah, we won, all won as a party. Yeah. yeah, she got her XP. It was awesome. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Sometimes dying is part of the of the strategy. It's fucking awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This is a ten out of ten game. I yeah, think, it's a super me. good game. And I love this game. And to a comparable that Emilio's been bringing up week after week, Stolen Realm, which has kind of been yeah. our go to. This is very comparable to it. Different in in enough ways, but yeah, both fantastic games this definitely going to play again and this is sure. still like in development th- development they're adding more stuff yep. like i yep. said the fourth book is new and there's a new character to play so i'm really excited to see where this goes in the future because already the game is like what i would want it to be of a full right. release like polished game like it's i feel like oh, wow. it's well enough you know like it's certainly right great they- like it's i love this game i love coming back to this game i'm down to play there's so many people that are playing it that I, if anything, I kind of struggle, like, you know, limiting the amount of people I can play with. Cause you can only do four people. Yeah. And so there's a lot of times where I'll be playing with four people and then I'll have people DMing like, Oh my God, do you have room? Which That's and Stolen I'm like, Realm comes in. Yeah. Stolen Realm goes yeah up I wish there were more six people. Or eight, dude. It's six. Yeah. It's six. Six? Okay. yeah. I think six would be fun for this one, but probably for like later books. Like if they keep advancing, like I don't think six people is necessary on the first book. That would be too easy. But I think that if they did like a fifth book and it was a much bigger map and much more difficult, then that would be great to increase to even five or six people to play. And then you just play like a later version. Like if they were to come out with three or four more books that are made for bigger multiplayer groups, that would be awesome. Because then, yeah, then if you just had a party of like five or six, then it would only be those books that you could play in. I think that Kinda would be like a cool Phasmophobia, way to do where there's like maps for bigger groups exactly. and maps right. for just duos. I would love solos. to see them do this. They did just add a thing now too where you can do co-op where you and one other person can play That's right. and you both control two people. Oh, so you right. can do a whole thing of four just off of two people playing, which is fantastic. Yeah, just like I uh, love Divinity. That. Yeah. Uh, in, in Divinity, there's a thing like that where um, instead of, what is it called? You controlling four people, well, you can't. Each of you can control two if you That's want, right. but instead yes. of having to control that many, what you can do instead is you can choose the lone wolf perk, 
which make, gives you essentially the strength of another person. That's how so Bobby you, and I played through mm-hmm. the uh, whole first game. It's easier to do that if you're not going to play with so many people because it's just... It takes forever. It, it takes forever to do just the inventory management alone mm-hmm. is so time consuming if you have four characters that you're controlling. I'm going to pee my pants. I want to say one more thing. Uh, it's time for them to start thinking about DLC, right? Like paid DLC, I think. Wouldn't you say? Dave? I don't. I don't know. I mean, like, the game hasn't even been out. Six <laughs> yeah, months. the game's technically. Yeah, the game. I'm is- saying they've done enough that it. What you get for the price right here is worth it. Oh yeah, right? the price for this game is absolutely worth it right yeah. now. Yeah, right now so, it is like, absolutely. They gave this last one, last character for free, and then I think the next one, you know, it'd be. I mean, I'd like to hope that they okay. would just finish the game and then maybe add an expansion yeah. or DLC. Mm-hmm. But like, I think they should just focus on finishing the game because yeah. I'm going to go a clear breaking point. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah, exactly. But the thing is, though, oh, that I remember that. about yeah. with Divinity though is with their party management is that you technically could have three people controlled by one person and then one person controlled by one. So like that kind of uh, customizability is not in Demio. It is two and two. That each person would put. But I definitely remember in Divinity, you can control three characters if you wanted. I I really like this whole paradigm generically. What I mean by that is where you have VR games that are also playable in the PC version. I couldn't agree more. It's so awesome to be able to, you know, cross over, so to speak, cross play between those two platforms. Because not everybody has a whatever $500,000 VR headset. And there's some fantastic games that, you know, just on the PC version alone. So I think that's really cool. I think it also is enticing then for people to get VR headsets too, yeah. right? Which I think is cool. Yeah, because the crossplay in this as well is so fluid and easy. You absolutely could have one person playing VR, three people playing VR, like right. everybody. Like it doesn't matter. It, it completely works fine regardless of who's on VR or not. And I love it because. You know, there is limitations to our bodies when it comes to playing VR. You know, like I can't play VR for four or five hours straight, whereas I definitely could do that for the PC edition in this game. So there's some days where it's like, oh, I definitely want to be in VR and be immersed and be playing like I'm actually playing a chess game, like a a real tabletop game with my friends. But then there's also times where it's like, no, man, I just want to lay in my bed and like fucking play this game with my friends, too. You know, and so you can do both ways with that. So I agree. I would really love to see more. VR games kind of do it the way this one does. And I don't even mind that it's technically two games that you would have to install. You know, I don't remember them being very big to be honest though, either way, but I wonder if they're ever going to like address, address that, like eventually just put them into both and like just merge saves and everything. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of agree with that's used. that's what uh, Tag Laura was saying in the chat that he feels that they're going to probably merge them in the future. But at the moment, they wanted to get the PC version out like ASAP so that way more people can play. And I could definitely see that and agree with that. I could see There's them so updating. There's so many people that are like that are like buying the wrong versions of like fucking all kinds of games like Vermintide and shit. And you're just like, uh, and then you can't play with them, and then you have to buy another game, and you have to return mm-hmm. the one you just bought. It's just. Well, it would be perfect for them to merge when they launch, like, since this is still technically an early access, that would be a fantastic time then when they do the 1.0 launch, like, to have it just combined. That would be the perfect time to do that. But, yeah, we'll see. Either way, this yeah. game never fails to uh, be a fun and great time. And so, I love it. Can't wait to keep playing more of it. Speaking of games that never stop being fun. Speaking of... <laughs> Speaking of speaking uh, it's of, Tarkov. I thought we <laughs> thought we put a moratorium on that. 
That's okay. <laughs> We're trying Did to we? escape from the same thing. And uh, speaking of escaping, yeah, no. Come <laughs> <laughs> back. But, uh, yeah, no. Um, so it's now been week two of the wipe from Escape from Tarkov. This is usually when people start leaving. Um, and surprisingly, there are more and more new people. It's actually really weird because this is like usually the game stays hype for like a week or two and then starts dropping off. But there are still new people like I ran it like yesterday. I ran into a level two guy, which is like at this point is really weird because you just wouldn't be that low. Um, but obviously he just started playing the game. Um, I've had more memorable moments this wipe in just the first week alone than I had in the last year of playing the game. Um, they've added so many new items and like things to do in your hideout and stuff like that, that it's like, you're no longer just trying to pick up things for money. You're like, Oh man, I need the, I need matches. You have like a shopping list. Every time you join a game, you're like, I need matches, fucking roach killer, ice cream cones. <laughs> yeah. Like <laughs> you need, you need all these different things and it makes the game way more interesting. Like, cause normally there, there are things that you would just normally throw away cause you would get like a dollar 50 for it. But what ends up happening is like you need three of those, you know, items to be able to upgrade your your heating unit inside your little base. So, um, what does there's that like give now you, like base management. Hmm? What does that give you though? You upgrade your heating unit, then what? So um, now, so every character has like stamina, like dehydration, all that kind of stuff, right? And so when you play games, uh, you lose uh, energy and and water levels and stuff like that. And when you upgrade your he- heating, for example your energy regenerates way faster. Mm. Um, and so the same thing goes for like, if you get like a medical tent or, and you upgrade that, like your character heals passively. You don't have to use your first aid kits and stuff to be able to heal yourself. Mm. So it's, it's pretty interesting. It gets later, later on, you, you can build a Bitcoin farm. <laughs> and so it's, it's, it's pretty nuts. You can build a shooting range inside your little hideout. So yeah, it gives uh, you more, it gives you more to do than just farming weapons and gear. Exactly. Because the way it used to be when, when me and all my friends played, we were like, all right, we're, we're going to go kill all the bosses and all the other players and, and just get all their guns, just guns and, and gun parts. That's all we would get. And then we would sell all that stuff on the flea market for money. Now it's like, ah, oh, man, I need a fucking Bic lighter. <laughs> yeah. Like we're just scrounging for random shit all the time. So it's fun. That's interesting, man. That's good. Man, they've been working yeah. on this game. Yeah, it looks good. Well, and it's interesting, too, um, that you said that this past wipe, like, there's been so many fascinating things going on. And, you know, I hang out a lot with, like, the Jew for You community and their Twitch and stuff. And they are, they've been obsessed with Tarkov for the last year. And that's what they've actually been talking about, too, is that the last two weeks since the last wipe, it's been really fascinating. Mm. There's a ton of, like, really interesting interactions. And it's been, they've been having a lot of fun with it. A lot of, a lot of frustrations. Like, my one buddy, well, Duder, who was just on on here like i guess like hit his keyboard because he couldn't um prone like he couldn't get out of prone so like there's definitely still some bugs and shit going on in the game for sure because i can tell with them rage quitting yeah. tarkov because yeah they can't get out of prone and then die <laughs> so there, things there like are that some but. bugs but like the stuff that used to break the game like duplication glitches and all that kind of stuff are all gone which is oh, nice. nice so you, you no longer have people that are like super mega strong uh, that shouldn't be because, you know, they, they duplicated a thousand M4s and then sold them. And now they're just wearing like the best of best of everything. 
You know, uh, last thing on this uh, extra uh, tasks that you have or whatever, self-imposed tasks, collecting these things. Uh, yeah, there's something else to do. But also, I, I got to imagine people that have been looking for Bic lighters have been shot the fuck up a lot. You know, it's another thing to distract you while you're in this war zone. You're looking for toilet paper or whatever, and people are going to sneak up on you. You're going to get got a lot more, mm -hmm. especially if you're a top tier player trying to like get those last things for your apartment. Right. Yeah. Nick? No, definitely. Yeah. So that's, that's another thing is like, so unfortunately there's a big uptick in, uh, cheaters on the higher level levels, like the levels that require you to like, to have like a ticket to get in and all that stuff. But the thing is, that's stuff that you wouldn't be reaching for a while anyways, you know? Like, you wouldn't be reaching for, like, another six months or five months from now. So, it, you don't have to really worry about cheaters right now. I just wish that they... It sounds like, like at least from hearing my friends play, it seems like so many of the kills are fucking friendly fire kills. Like, because they don't... No HUD? You could, there's no HUD. So, it's like, there's been so many times where it's like, where you're playing with your buddies, it seems, and then, like, it you know, you're in the heat of the battle and adrenaline and shit. And like, you shoot up your friend next to you and you had no idea that that was your friend. Cause yeah, there's no hut or anything letting you know that that's a friendly, yeah. that's what these people I wish like, they changed. Like, yeah. I wish, you know? Yeah. They want the hardcoreness. And if, I mean, it's a sad thing to bring up at a real war. Yeah. It happens all the time. That's yep. a good point. All, all the time. All the time, dude. Um, all the time. What's, Oh yeah, but really it's a good. video game, guys. Come on, <laughs> you can't just be like, yeah. well, it happens in real war, so obviously video games should copy. I mean, you, it's a it's a it's a choice that they it make, and some people like that stuff. But yeah, the, video what, games have no obligation to reality. Is true. what I'm trying to say. True. No, not I at agree all. with that, except for Tarkov, where the players who play this want as close to reality as possible. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The the one thing that so like I watched I watched like a mini documentary about Tarkov and the guy talks about like Tarkov came at the perfect time. So at the, at the time, like call of duty was becoming more and more cartoony and then battlefield was just releasing just like non-modern like combat. And then just Tarkov came out and then it really exploded. And and that's what people wanted. They were like, I'm tired of having to shoot somebody like 18 times to kill them, you know? And so that that's where it's popularity really came from was it's really it's timing. Yeah. And also, it's maintained and updated all the time. So, mm -hmm. yeah, you pay for it once, not fucking every yeah, 2022, 2023, 2024. Yeah. All right. Great yeah. game. I'd love to get into it. I just need to catch it when I'm in between assignments and I've got a whole month to dedicate playing like 10 hours a day to this game because mm -hmm. this is definitely a time suck kind of game. And you can tell. Yeah, you can really get lost in it. Well, you need to get good, and this is definitely a grindy enough game where getting good is going to take you hours. So, yeah, this looks like a like demolish city that you're in, and uh, that might take a demolition crew, and that's what you play as in Teardown, a fucking demolition crew. That uh, it's so funny. The little newscasts that you get in Teardown are are so funny. At the very beginning, it's like. Wow, construction is way up and everybody wants to build. So demolition is way down. These people can't even get any jobs anymore. And you're like, and you're part of a demolition company, right? So you start taking fucking criminal activities in order to supplement your income. You have to, you have to do it. Your mom is a, <laughs> ahead of the, she's the boss and she's like, Hey, 
It's time, you know, we got to take whatever contract we can get. So it's all shady shit. Um, Teardown is a first-person, voxel-based demolition heist game. Yeah. I, I, th- I did that on the fly. I, I'm That's amazing. Well done. Um, Very well done. So... Uh, yeah, so there's different kinds of missions. Some you're timed in, some you are not. Uh, both are very fun. Um, so one of the missions, uh, one that's fresh on my brain is like a rich guy wants his own, um, uh, like what do you call that where you park your boat? What is that called? Dock. No. Docking? Docking. No, like a slip. A slip. His own uh, slip. Oh, there's no more room because it's all sold out. So what you have to do is go and destroy a guy's house uh, that already lives on the dock and make room for his slip and then go break into his house and get his safe and throw it into the ocean. And wow. Yeah, that's all. That all happens at night. So there's no timer on that one. You just don't. You have to keep the alarm levels so your whatever fire breaks out can't get too high, and whatever noise you can't make can't get too low. But it's no nowhere near stealth. Like you are definitely doing demo, full on fucking bulldozer, knock the guy's house down. And so, like when I realized that this is an interesting game and something I haven't played before was the safe. In any other game, you would go and pick up the safe, put it in your inventory, walk over to a water, and just throw the safe into the water. Not so here. You can't pick up a safe. Nobody can pick up a safe. You don't have a dolly. Uh, what are you going to do with the safe? So uh, John saw me struggling with this. So the first thing I did was destroy the floor below it because it's on the second floor just to get it down on the ground floor. And the water's all around this house. So all I got to do is move it like 50 feet and mission done. And I brought over a crane machine. I brought over a forklift. I brought over a bunch of shit and none of it was working because I broke the crane and, and the forklift. I could not get the forks underneath the safe and keep it. And, and so I, it, you know, you're dealing with like a, a physics game at that point. Like, how do I get this super heavy thing in the water? And I, I think you could play this game hundreds of times and you probably, unless you try to do the exact same plan, you're going to have do a different route every single time. There's a bunch of stuff. Uh, so that's one type of game mode. And then the other type of game mode is everything has alarms on it. Um, let's say there's five things in a level and, um, the same, same level. Uh, there's these two cars you have to steal. Uh, yeah. And two documents they want you to get, but those are just auxiliary. You don't have to get the documents. So, I go and steal the car. The alarm goes off. You only have one minute to get everything out to the escape vehicle. And I'm like, how the fuck am I going to do this? As soon as I drove this thing 10 feet, the alarm went off. And then I realized, oh, if I move the entire container the car is in, the alarm won't go off because the the alarm is inside the container. So the both cars have two different containers. One is kind of like a moving container, and the other one is on a boat. So I hijacked the boat, move it over to closer to the escape area. I went and got the uh, shipping container, used the crane to move that around, brought it over to the thing, just getting it ready. I didn't steal any card. I just steal, stole the container. And then uh, I set up this whole elaborate plan where I was going to steal the documents, jump out the hole in the wall that I made, uh, jump into a boat, 
Dr- uh, captain the boat? What do you do to a boat? Drive. Are you Pilot? sure? Yeah, Pilot? Sail. Steer. Everybody said a different sail. thing, so nobody knows. I'm going to go with maneuver. <laughs> I maneuvered the boat. Oh. <laughs> Maneuver <laughs> over to the other house that had the other documents. Or had already pre-planned all this. I, I'm not. I'm not demoing at this point. I already made all the holes in all the walls that I need to. I get up there real quick, grab the thing, um, and as I'm, I'm explaining to John my plan. Like I did this. I did this. And I'm did criticizing this. it the whole time. No, he's not. in my own mind. He's just listening. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, from the house. To the escape vehicle, that's all kind of a long walk. I should get a fast vehicle to get me there. So then I went and got a fast vehicle, put it right outside that house. You know, it's a whole planning heist thing. It's Ocean's Eleven before the heist. And then, you know, I played it out and it didn't play out exactly how I wanted. And I was off by a few uh, things. Uh, You know, mostly it worked, but, you know, I couldn't get the car off the truck that it was on. So... Uh, if I had one uh, downside, it's like, I think I have to do all those things at prep work again, which is like, that's the bulk of it. Because the heist is, you only have one minute, yep. and then the cops come. So you have to get everything done. So it's all prep work. So if you fail, I think you have to do all the prep work again. But at least I have most of it worked out. And it's just like, rinse, repeat, try to get it done again. Or maybe I'll come up with a different strategy. Um, but yeah, super fun. And then also uh, the little newsreels. I really appreciate them in between when you go back to. And then uh, it was like there was a show on about the guy whose house I broke down. And it's like mi- unsolved mysteries. <laughs> house, address, all in existence. Mail used to be sent there. One day the house was gone. And it's just like <laughs> this. Doo, 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 doo. Like, what happened to this house? And yeah, you know what happened to that house. You fucked it up with a hammer. Yeah. And then every every level you get through, you unlock another uh, demo equipment. Uh, right now I have a blowtorch, a fire extinguisher, a, a sledgehammer, and I just unlocked one other thing. Um, but yeah. I'm having a good time with it. This is it's overwhelmingly positive. It's a ten out of ten on Steam. I totally get it. It's a very original concept. Um, yeah, I, I dig it a lot. I can re- highly recommend it. It's twenty dollars right now. I'd recommend it for that. I think I got it on sale. Maybe, yeah, I think I got it on sale for the Steam um, um, summer sale. But yeah, highly recommend. Yeah, I just piggyback on watching you play it. Right. So the big thing I kept commenting on, and I'm not a voxel pixel game guy i i've pretty much never played minecraft but i was like god this looks really good and one thing we started to notice or at least i did right is the water effects the the fire effects the smoke the light effects those are all like triple a title graphics you know those are not voxelated at all so those look realistic and then everything else it's it's a very pretty game to boot and i was asking you about it at the time right hey is there a way you can like do building and stuff like that and we were talking about yeah there's got to be or stuff like that to set this up and it looks like in one of the previews that they actually have that so i'm gonna go and i'm gonna make make a level for you to go play through and it's it's gonna we're gonna see if you can think like me and figure out how <laughs> to make it idea. through the level. Yeah, uh, yeah, you can challenge each other. And uh, what cool. I was telling John is like, uh, not in the not in the Minecraft sense, but you do like if you're like 
Oh man, I'm going to save 30 seconds if I could build a bridge between these two buildings. But then you knock down a silo and the silo, you make it fall the way you want to and it builds a bridge. You can build things through destruction. That's, mm-hmm. that's the guy. That's my whole motto in life. Yeah, like, that's build order through chaos. Yeah. Um, but, uh, thinking about things together leads us to portal two. Uh, did we we got into we got into it a little bit right we with played the it more than we played a lot actually. else yeah, yeah pretty much yeah i think you got hooked t- t- over the last couple of days um i mean this one of the best two-player experiences yeah. there are and, and we we hit it up a couple years ago now yeah yeah where we were part way through portal 2 and just never circled back around to it but yeah it was it was one of the games that was completely steam uh deck compatible but regardless we were playing it in desktop mode set up uh with the keyboard and mouse and yeah it's it's just a fantastic game and i had never played through it emilio has uh but it's been so long and he's had so much alcohol since that he's forgotten how to do the levels so that's been fun that's not what's happening what's happening is i'm letting him figure everything out while i sit back and relax no it's true i don't remember a goddamn thing so it's great it's like playing through it through the first time again and yeah uh for years i was saying that this was the best two player co-op on on uh on pc uh, but that's because there wasn't a lot there was multiplayer True. there was versus there just wasn't a lot of you know couch co-op or even co-op through campaigns it didn't exist when this came out and not to say that this is a dated version of that in some ways it's fucking advanced um one thing you can ping things yeah first time that's ever happened guess what you could also do it. you could watch you can hit hold tab and you'll see through your partner's buddy, eyes, your partner's eyes. Yep. Games don't do that today. You know, no. um, but you know, it's even, you know, you mentioned that in Tarkov, whenever someone like we, play Oh, you duos, son of a bitch. We, uh, <laughs> we, uh, it's cause everyone has double monitors or an iPad. We just stream our oh, screen yep. in discord and everybody can see what each other's looking at. That's so we're pretty like, cool. He's behind that red building. Yeah. But like, how nice would it be if it was built into well. the game? dude? Yeah. yeah. Well, they don't have that technology. Yeah. They don't from this game from like 15 years ago. Um, but yeah, fucking great experience. Um, and you feel smart when you get things done. Yeah. Yeah. And it's teamwork. We're high fiving because we're we're right next to each other. We're high fiving. Hey, nice job. Hey, we got that. You know. And I really cool. appreciate Gladys's. Um, I really like her voice lines. She's just such a cunt. You know, <laughs> such a cunty AI. Uh, the this this mission is about building bridges. You should get it done, no problem. The humans couldn't do it because you can't build bridges out of tears. <laughs> And just leaves it there. It all, everything lingers like out of tears. You think more is coming and it just stops. <laughs> just silence. That great shit. Wow. All right. Is that all the games? Uh, I, I've got, well, we got two more. Uh, oh. and, and one of them, uh, I actually did do a decent amount of, you know, Steam Deck and other gaming with a game you guys had actually recommended, uh, Rogue Tower. Um, hmm. So you guys had brought that up a couple weeks ago and I checked it out. And I, um, I don't play a lot of tower defense games conceptually, 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 Ooh, 
I thought you were going to say consensually. Yeah, both, both con- consensually. Complicated relationship consensually. with Rogue Tower Games. Yes, and, and Emilio as well. But uh, at any rate, um, Rogue Tower is um, a really fun roguelike game that is essentially tower defense. And when I first started this, I had done no research, watched no videos, just heard you guys talk about it. I'm like, eh, it's it's pretty affordable, really good reviews. Um, I don't remember, it was like 15, 20 bucks, something like that. And I got started and I'm like, okay, this is kind of interesting. Did my first kind of playthrough um, and had no idea how deep the game got in terms of the different mechanics, the things you unlock, the priority setting of the the different towers or things you build, that type of stuff. So it's it's been a really fun game to play, you know, just when you've got a, a few spare minutes or, or uh, maybe even hours to do multiple runs. And then as you play through the different runs, just like any roguelike, you build up um, in this game gold that you can use to unlock additional things. And there's so much depth to the different types of towers you can create, different type of defense mechanisms you can use, um, the different specialities they have, whether that be bleed mechanics or poison or fire or what have you. So um, just really interesting. So it's it's definitely one of, uh, I think, the more fun games to play uh, from a tower defense perspective, especially if you like roguelike games. It's It's been really cool for me to get into that and play that, and especially with it being... Um, supremely compatible with Steam Deck using the the touchpads, trackpads. Um, yeah, super fun. Been playing the crap out of it on the flight out here, and then uh, the couple of weeks before. It's really fun. Um, so as a, you know, I've played a ton of tower defense. Um, I think this is the tower defense kind of built for PC gamers. You know, we're a little more heady. We think about. Uh, generally appreciate depth. Uh, yeah. If you just look at the skill tree, it's gigantic. Yeah, it's huge. It's huge. You can go down any kind of strategy you want. Um, and, you know, they forego graphics on this to, even though it's totally acceptable and I have no complaints about it, there's not like cutesy little heroes or any of that it's numbers versus numbers and you're trying to beat their numbers with your numbers and uh yeah i i i was looking at it and i was getting into it i was trying to give john pointers but he didn't want to listen to anything that i told him uh but yeah and then you're expanding the map on your that's right by your thing which is interesting super interesting because that adds a whole new layer i've never seen yeah so there's a strategy element too because you you expand the map out essentially it it expands from your your tower your main base that you're defending and then it eventually branches and all of it's procedurally generated with different i'll call it nodes along the way or resources every wave you put down a tile yep and that tile might look like a split which you don't want probably or like you know some other yeah, directional. Directional. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So you have, it, this is interesting because a lot of tower defense games are point A to point B, and you put your towers along that path going there. And if the enemy reaches point B, then you lose. But this looks like it has a central location, and then there's multiple paths that can lead to it. Yeah. So but you it's have all to build like generated. a. Yeah, you have to build defenses along all these different paths. So it's yeah. point A, B, C, D, E, F, G to what comes after G? A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H. Well, they all go to A, right? <laughs> yeah. B through Z go to A. Let's say yeah. that. But, uh, yeah, uh, why don't you sing it to A, B, C, D? Uh, 
Yeah, it's the thinking man's uh, fucking tower defense. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, and and there's to your point, or lady. Yeah, yeah. Or person. Yes. The Anybody. thinking person. He, she. Thinking person. They. He, she. No, that's not right. <laughs> but yeah, the expanded expansion of the map is another just mechanic built into it because you want to pick which area you want to expand after it forks, right? Because that's going to add time to how long that group of enemies oh, coming yeah, off that about fork this. is going to get to you. So you want to, do you want them all bunched up together? So you have AOE effects that will hit them all at once, or do you want to space them out? So you want to expand um, in a, in a methodical manner that ties to however you set up uh, your defenses to your tower. He's like, I already got uh, my ballistas are catching them on fire. I was like, you already have flamethrowers. Now you're just catching them on fire again. You're losing points. And then, you know, we're talking about it. Yeah, yeah we're arguing like, about it like yeah. the old married couple. Yeah, you yeah, don't yeah. understand. <laughs> These little guys want to tear down our tower. Yeah, it was great. Uh, I'm definitely going to play this. Oh, and John loves to buy games and not play them. This is true. And he just shared his library with me. I feel like a rich man right now. I'm like, <laughs> I wish I could just give free games to everybody. Just like, hey, take some of this. So, yeah, I have Rogue Tower now. I can't wait to play it. I also have God of War. Yeah. Which is fucking awesome. That's, that's high on my list. Yeah. I can't wait to see you cry. Yeah. Uh, lastly, and but not leastly, uh, Sifu. So, John raved about this uh, to me nonstop. I went and bought it full price at Epic and just never played it. So, uh, like the nice guy he is, he sneaks downstairs four hours before I'm awake and goes to my computer, opens up Epic because it's the only place you can get it to buy it. And he saw that it was already there. And so uh, when he came downstairs, he's like, you're going to play this and I'm going to watch you. And I said, okay. So it is unlike anything I've played. It is, it has a lot of interesting things going on. So fundamentally it's, like playing a Tekken match. Um, there is a lot of there's, Oh man. Okay. There are parries blocks, dashes. That's just the defensive side. Then there's heavy attacks, light attacks, um, special moves and combos. Uh, combos. That's a lot. There's a lot and multiple enemies. It's quite a bit. <laughs> yeah. Multiple enemies coming you at you from different angles. Uh, what we see on screen right now is not, um, usually how you see it. You don't see this side scroller. Usually it's over the soldier, uh, shoulder three, uh, third person, uh, perspective and like, like playing Tekken, you know, um, you're, you're blocking, you're parrying, you're trying to counter. All these things are going on. And it feels like uh, John Wick or you feel like Bruce Lee working his way through the tower. feel like tower. a goddamn badass. Yeah, you feel like a fucking badass. And then here comes these weird mechanics I've never seen anywhere else. Very interesting mechanics. So you have this pendant that will resurrect you every single time you die. The cost of that is life expectancy or your age, I guess. So if you die once, you age one year and you pop right back up. If you die again, you age two years and you pop right back up. And then you age again, it's four years, right? Uh, three. It or always three. adds one. Oh, year. adds one. So, you know, you get to five and every time you die. And the weird thing is you don't start at the beginning of the level. No, you pop up right there, right in their face, and they comment on it. Like, 
you should have stayed down or why is he keep getting back up? No matter how many times they kill you, you keep getting back up and you keep getting older though. With that mechanic, there's another one. You get stronger as you get older, but your health goes down. So you might have a hundred hit points at 22 and you only have 20 hit points at 70, but you can kill people in three punches at, at 70, you know? And then once you get to 70, you're dead. That's it. The game is over. It, it goes on and on. I, I, I don't even know how I, to explain it all. Like, um, when you pass level one, that's your age starting for level two forever. Unless um, you go back. Unless you go back and think I could do better. So if you start level two at age 40, like that's kind of old. You're getting kind of old at that point. You know, you're, you're in the middle. You're in your prime, but it's downhill from there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but if you were to go back to your first game and now that taking everything that you've learned, including roguelike unlockables yep. that are account based, you can, everything you've learned on these other levels, you can take it back. Now I know how to kick a money bag from the floor into somebody's face, distract them and hit them hard with some other stuff. Uh, yeah, you could take that into the first level and increase, improve your first level playthrough age yep. level score or whatever. Yeah. Your overall performance. So yeah, there is a lot of going back and playing these levels over and over and I, I have no problem with it. I mean, they're rich environments with all kinds of little different ways. Um, once you've gone through it once, a lot of times you get a key card. You can cut halfway through it and fight way less guys if you want. And that'll save you a lot less deaths. You won't get as much XP. So there's a lot of risk versus reward, which is my number one thing about roguelikes is risk versus reward. Make both options tempting or, or however many options there are make them all tempting and make me think that i'm smart for picking whatever i did or punish me for picking the wrong one yeah and yeah it, it's like hotline miami yep, that's in, what i was just gonna say in a at the fighting part in a in a fully fleshed out 3d environment you're like punch this guy uh jump over the counter, slide over here, pick up the uh, baseball bat, crack this guy over the head, take what's left of that bat, throw it at another guy, make him look somewhere else. You know, it's fucking awesome. It's really, really strong game. I'm thinking about, I have a friend that hasn't played games in a while, and I'm like, this game was absolutely made for you. And so I'm going to introduce him to this. But yeah, it's fucking badass. Um, but think about just the age mechanic alone would be another, uh, like a game. It would be a strong feature in another game. And it's like a core be, feature. Yeah. And this would be, uh, you nailed it. Yeah. It would be a core feature in something else. And it just happens to be one of the other, one of the features in this game. Yeah. The other thing worth mentioning too is the developers of this is Slow Clap. So the other game that Slow Clap made initially was Absolver, which if you're, I, I've never played as Absolver, but I'm at least familiar with it, right? So they, they started with a lot of the same mechanics 
from this game, like it was in Absolver, uh, in terms of a fighting game and, and how they structured the over the shoulder action, et cetera. And then they essentially built it into this single player campaign that's a roguelike. So I think that's also super impressive from a developer standpoint that they kind of took something that I'll say was mildly successful. And I only say that out of naivety from how good or bad Absolver was. I think that's fair. And then built something like you, you look at reviews of this across the board, you know, Game Informer, uh, IGN, et cetera. And it's nines and tens. Like it's a fantastic game. It's super duper good, especially if you like roguelikes. It's, it's Tekken mixed with a roguelike, mixed with a story, um, mixed with, um, you know, all these new mechanics that you never heard of to the age mechanic too. What I like about it is, like even your first playthrough of your first level, you can make it all the way through. So you actually feel like you're making progress, but exactly like you said, Emilio, you get to the end and you're like, Oh, I beat the first level and I was 70 and I've got five other levels to go. This is not an acceptable playthrough of the first level, but when you go through it again, it's, you know, obviously you know where things are, you know how to play through it, et cetera. Unless you got the guy in the chair behind you uh, telling you exactly what to go do in every room. What's funny about like roguelikes is we've always talked about like the only thing you think, some of the time, the only thing you take through through the next ro- uh, the next playthrough is the experience you physically have, the muscle memory, mm-hmm. the 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 knowledge you're gaining. That's the only improvement you're making in these roguelikes. But this in this game, you can see it physically represented in a younger body. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. Good for them. Mm. Hats off. All right. Hey. Cool. Well, that's going to wrap it up for our games then. Let's uh, get to listener questions. Before we do, quick shout out to Dredge Poet coming in with the subscription earlier in the show. We appreciate that. He subscribed for nine months. Thanks, homie. Damn, thank you. Nine months. All right. Okay, I forgot to put listener questions in the show notes, so I brought them up on my phone here. Let's take a look. First one is coming from Zap. Do you think that AA games have largely disappeared. It seems like these games nowadays are either indies or massive triple A experiences. Um, no, I don't think so. But, uh, you know, you have the triple A's buying up a lot of the double A's. Microsoft went on a spending spree, um, two or three years ago. They just bought all these fucking little studios, you know, and I don't even know what ended up happening with most of those. Uh, but that's not the, I think that's the exception, not the norm. Um, you know, uh, like Sony didn't buy up a bunch of tiny uh, PC developers. Uh, only Microsoft did and they stopped at a certain point. So there are a bunch of guys out there. And then, you know, you, you only heard of the ones that got acquired. You didn't hear about all the, no, I'm not going to be acquired, um, uh, answers. So they're out there and, you know, there's, Games like, I don't know, Sifu is almost like a double A title. A little though, bit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I would say that. Yep. Yeah. The, the, the graphics are artistic and what would you say? Um, they look nice. They fit the bill. Under a triple A title, they would look probably photorealistic or yeah. close to that. But, you know, these guys didn't have the number, the, the money for that or it was an artistic choice, but most likely, you and then you're also playing the same levels over and over and over. So yeah, those are all telltale signs of a smaller budget. But creativity ten out of ten. Yeah. Yep. You know what I mean? 
Well, and, and I think double A studios too are a little bit like the middle child syndrome, right? So you hear about the the new indies that are you know coming mm-hmm. out and the the smaller really small studios that end up being successful, and then you have you know the the oldest child that uh, everybody loves and you know constantly cranks out A plus games, all that stuff, and then kind of the other guys are just stuck in the middle. Yeah, yeah, there is a little bit of that. I yeah. completely support the double A. Uh, you know, usually a double A. I'm just saying, I'm just talking to my ass here. I don't know if this is true, but usually it's like an indie developer that had a couple good releases. They're moving, they're moving their way up and they had their, you know, they're coming out with their, uh, third, fourth, fifth game. And, you know, they have a little more money in their pocket. And, you know, so they're basically an in India that's doing well, you know, uh, a lot of the time. Or it's like, um, a lot of like uh, people have left a triple A thing with their own ideas. That's a lot of double A. It's just like, oh, you know, corporate fucked it up. Let's go do our own thing. Right. We'll show them, you know, kind of thing. And then you find out you have one fifteenth of the budget or whatever it is. <laughs> but yeah, there's there's place. There's enough gamers for everybody, and yeah, the, mm-hmm. you know, I agree with that. Hard work shows. Yeah. Okay, we've got some other questions here from Warconius. Uh, first one is, any nostalgia for PC game boxes and booklets? Would you buy a physical version of a classic game like Warcraft 2 or Masters of Orion 2? I would. Yeah? Yeah. And Nick, you're a collector guy. I think you'd appreciate that, yeah. Yeah, no, I really liked the, like, for example, like the Frozen Throne, um, what do you call it? Box, uh, I guess. set where it came with three different... Yeah. Uh, like it was like one big box, but it was all three games and it had like a presentation that opened up like a little like project thing. So yeah, I, I really appreciate that kind of stuff. Yeah. I don't care. Zero. I liked it. I mean, I, I definitely am not in the market to collect anymore. If anything, I've gone way more minimalistic from traveling, but yeah. Um, stuff. yeah, but I mean like I always appreciated and loved like the physical designs of boxes and things like that. Like I think of like, Starcraft and Warcraft 3 was like really cool boxes to have and then I loved like the boxes that I had for Guild Wars as well like the first Guild Wars and then Guild Wars 2 with the expansions that they had too with factions and I think the other one was called Nightfall but um, it's a weird thing to think of that like you know um, uh, what do you call it when somebody's just buy something on a whim because they walked it by and they liked it? Impulse buy. Impulse buy. Yeah. yeah. That used to be a thing for PC gaming. Yeah. 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 You walk by and you're like, Whoa. it still is. It's just the flash. Yeah. It's on Steam. It's not like you're walking through, if anybody remembers Kmart, <laughs> it's not like you're walking through Kmart and you're like, what is this? And you open up the little flap and get to see like little screenshots of the gameplay and you're like, wow, this oh, looks yeah. cool. I'll just mm-hmm. buy it. Like, yeah. No, that's idea how I got Majesty. My computer. Exactly. That's how I ended up buying Majesty. Like, <laughs> You remember you guys remember getting like a demo from like Pizza Hut and it would have like eight games on it? <laughs> yeah. Well, when you bought graphics like cards, they would offer videos. Yeah, that's right. Demos. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's how I play. Well, not even demos. They'd include Full real games. games. That's how yeah. I got uh, Deus Ex and went down yeah, that whole path. That right I would love if we could bring back the Game Informer demo CDs. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. It would have to be like or something because I don't yeah. have a CD drive anymore. <laughs> All right. Warconius also asks which game had the best first three hours for you? It's mm. a difficult I, question. That's I guess a super for me. That's a, that's a thinker. Because if you don't like the, if you really like the first three hours, you probably like the rest yeah. of the game. And if you didn't like it, you'd probably 
don't like it. So I don't know. I'm trying to think of a game specifically where the first three hours were good. To me, for it was me, Borderlands. Hades. Oh, for you, Hades, nice. Yeah, Hades, because you just kept unlocking new shit, and the story just kept getting better and better and better. Like the more you played it, mm-hmm. and like most of the time, like when you when you played games like the first three hours are kind of like baby like woo woo like here's this and that here's your like gun and here's how you do this but hades is like no you're gonna die a lot but every time you die cool shit happens like in the story so yeah it was pretty cool yeah i'd probably say for me it's it's probably god of war just because it's such a good story driven game and the whole father son kind of trope that goes along with it is is very relatable especially these days with me so i i, I think that was just a fantastic kind of opening three hours for a storyline there's others but that that one was very memorable to me mm-hmm. all right that's first three hours of video game emilio any thoughts not on the spot this quick it, so okay. any game you and i play for three hours basically <laughs> yeah yeah all right. Well, one more question from Orconius here. He's asking um, he's asking Amanda about Canada. How was that? And you haven't really talked much about your journey into Canada. Yeah, it was uh, I, it was it was amazing. I don't know. It was so I'm definitely no stranger to Canada. Growing up in Michigan, we would just do day trips to go get a Caesar or all dress chips and like it living in Detroit in the inner city of Detroit for 10 years. It was like at there's actually two apartments that I lived in where I would wake up and look outside my window and see Windsor, Canada, like every single day. So that close, very much like kind of in the same vicinity. It was kind of a mind fuck being in Canada because I've spent the last year in basically the southwest of the United States is in Phoenix, Arizona. And now I'm in um, San Diego, California. And so it's been almost a full year since I've really spent some time like up north, kind of especially more of the Midwest and that kind of region of landscape and people and things like that. And so it was kind of wild to land in Vancouver and hear everybody be like, Oh geez. Yeah. Just got to go grab some pop because I was like, Holy shit. My accent's gone. Cause like, I don't hear an accent anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I was I like, am with I'm home. Exactly. That's honestly, that is what I thought. I was like, I'm with my people. <laughs> so, um, and then it was even more so when I went from Vancouver to Edmonton because Edmonton, geographically I think is very similar to what I'm used to in Michigan which is kind of like um, long fields it's semi-flat very very green uh, a lot of beautiful lakes and um, a lot of like conifer tree forest and so it was really beautiful and really wonderful and I feel like I never have a bad time in Canada the people are so incredibly nice and very helpful and accommodating. And it was just, it was such a beautiful wedding as well. And like Christian and Rianne's, yeah, dude, a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I did. Well, I'm a, you know, I fucking hate chick flicks, but I'm a sucker for love. And so like, it's, it's really beautiful. Cause that part of why I don't like chick flicks is cause it doesn't seem real, you know? And I wouldn't want to like, exploit the the beauty of like the wedding and love that was between like Christian and Rian either for content or for anything else. So like that was very special. Um is all I'm gonna <laughs> say on there, that. the wedding on TikTok. You're like, hey everybody, I'm at Christian no. Rian's wedding. How were no. Christian's vows? Because he was working on them pretty close to the wall. Oh, they wrote their own. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah. They were they were really uh really special. Yeah. yeah. They were really special. Yeah. Like I will um, never forget that time that 
risk you surrounded me with all of your army and you let me go like they always play games together so i Mm -hmm. figure that it's that kind of stuff it was so cool though because i've never been to such like a nerdy and like gamer driven wedding yeah like and it was just all like that and it was just it was so cool it was yeah yeah, like they played the the cantina music from star wars and their reception i heard elder scrolls start to play and just about lost my shit i was like oh my and it's that's such like a beautiful song to just by the way Better than the music that they play fucking at regular weddings. That's just that background shit, you know? That like oh, yeah. when you're walking around, that beautiful fairy music. How about one from a game that I love? Yeah, absolutely. They played a lot of Lord of the Rings music and music from Hamilton. It was it was really a lovely and wonderful oh, yeah. time. Yeah. It loves Hamilton. Do they do the chicken dance at weddings in Canada? You know what I'm talking about? They did a lot of dancing at Canada. A lot of line dancing. Do Not my thing. chicken dance in the United States? They, I think um, they did do the chicken that's, dance. That's an Iowa thing, maybe? I know the chicken dance. I they did know. like the, the train thing, too, in a way where you like had to join in and hold on to the shoulders of somebody. Like, And I had to hold on to like, Rianne's dad's Congo shoulders. Line? The Congo line. Yeah. yeah, they did that. And... Like I said, they did a lot of line, line dancing, but I'm not going to lie. As soon as they started doing the line dancing, I was like, uh, "Look at wow! Look at how pretty it is outside. I got to go outside." <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, we are outside. I don't know where to go. I'm going to go oh, inside. Oh no, they had dancing in the in the inner reception part. Yeah, uh-huh. it had rained all the whole time until the reception, like until the wedding. Uh-huh. Like it stopped. It was like it was just some uh-huh. beautiful universe shit. Yeah, like the whole trip in Canada for me just. I couldn't have asked it to line up better than it did. It was really amazing. I tried the this weird car rental thing called Turo for the first time that ended up actually working out. I went to um, Banff National Park, which is this gorgeous part of the Canadian Rockies. And that was just like Colorado on steroids. It was so... But with everybody being so fucking nice. Like, it was awesome. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, it was a really, really lovely time. Both the, the um, wedding and hiking in the Rockies. It was very fun. Sweet action. All right. I love Canada. Awesome. Well, that's the show, folks. What's everyone playing next week? That's a good question. I'll probably play more Demio. (laughs) More Phantom Fantasy 7 and uh, now that John's library, I mean, I want to keep one short game, one long game. So Final Fantasy 7 and I'm not going to lie, it's probably Vino Isaac. Nice. Maybe some Rogue Tower. We get you to play that. Oh, yeah. Rogue Tower. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Also off of your account. Yeah. Exactly. But I'm going to need you to stay off of your account. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I'll, I'll probably be playing Rogue Tower, uh, maybe from fi- some Final Fantasy seven. I, I really got to go back to Elden Ring. Uh, yeah, I'm kind of... I haven't circled back to that in a while. And I have a friend who has 28 hours in Elden Ring, never beat the final boss, and his character's right outside of it. And tw- 28 like, hours? Going back. Yeah. Yeah, I'm at 60, and I'm like a third of the way through the game. I, I need to buckle and this down. Is, and this is your game type. Yeah, this is my thing. Like, yeah. I love, you know, Souls-like. Like, I have Elden Ring. Game. Yes. Uh, no, you don't. You fucking... I, I have it on you. PS5. No, PS5. unsubscribe. <laughs> you, you can't. You're in. No, but uh, uh, one thing that we found out through Christian is if somebody had... If, if I'm playing a game that he has on my Steam Deck, it doesn't count towards the playing on the same account for yeah. some reason. Probably because so. of the mobile aspect of it. They yeah. want people to be free to play on their desktop as yeah, well. Yeah, that's fucking awesome. Yeah, that's super cool. If uh, if there is any spare room, 
Demio, uh, for Demio days. I'm totally in with playing with you. For sure. Uh, I think Bobby's going to be playing Euro uh, Traveler Experience. <laughs> yeah, I won't be playing anything. I, I'm going to France for two weeks, and I'm not even taking a laptop. So it's going to be an interesting experience. It'll be the longest I've ever gone without. You should take a Steam Deck, Bobby. I don't know, man. I, I kind of want to see how this mine. goes. Maybe uh, maybe it'll be terrible or maybe it'll be great. I'm not sure. But uh, I, I'm going to kind of disconnect for a little while and we'll see. We'll That's see how gonna that goes. That's going to be a wonderful story-driven <laughs> base game that you'll be playing. Yeah. That's, That's right. That's going to be great. It's so I'm real. excited for Comes you. That's back. the best I really want to play Mass game. Effect. <laughs> Remember, you're an agent of chaos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Okay, so that's an episode, and then uh, the next two weeks is going to be interviews, folks. Looking forward to hearing them. That'll be awesome. Yeah, I'm going to have to start. From this point, I think we need, well, not you, but we need to start taking notes because it's like we're going to have three weeks. Yeah. Two weeks. Yeah. A little journal. Yeah. Three weeks journal. It's going to be a long, journal. long comeback. <laughs> All right. Speaking for John, Bob, Amanda, Nick, sometimes Christian, and myself. Uh, I'm looking around, looking around. What? Steam deck titties. All right, whatever. Bad tattoos, titties. (laughs) Deck deck titties. (laughs) Bye, everybody. Deck titties. Uh, We talked about docking our decks. Oh, my God. Yeah, because he has a sleeve on his and I don't have one on mine. You're going out here sleeveless? I was like, is your sleeve going to fit over my deck? My my deck? Yeah. Is your deck's... Sleeves just raw dog in your deck, dude. Yeah, oh my god! No, I put a sleeve on before I let him touch it. Oh, good. Yeah, that's it. 